Come Holy Spirit. Come Lord, as always, we give you permission to do what you desire. Make our minds, hearts, and souls fertile soil that your word may bear great fruit in our life. Illuminate the scriptures for us, Lord. Convict and console our hearts. Reveal to us the face of Christ, the good shepherd. Speak, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. We hear something today that we have heard often. Christ speaking of himself as the good shepherd. So one of these images of Christ, one of these images in the scriptures, that it can become pretty easy for us just to, to be like, oh, I understand that, I've heard that, I know that. But it's always so important for us to really continually ask the Holy Spirit and to seek to understand the truths of the faith and to understand Christ more deeply, even, even simple things. So what is Jesus saying here? I am the good shepherd. Or this, this key word here, right? I'm, I'm the good shepherd. And what is the good shepherd like? It says the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And he says this is different from the hired man who's not a shepherd, who has no concern for the sheep. So the important thing about Christ and, and him being a shepherd, what type of shepherd he is, he says, I lay down my life for the sheep. His concern is not about himself, but about those whom he is serving, those who are under his care. And that is manifest very tangibly, we know and we see as he offers his life for us, laying down his life. And, and we know this, too, from when he speaks about being the shepherd, what type of shepherd he is, that it's not just when we're good. I think it's an easy thing to creep into our minds. Is it, it's a lie of the enemy that the Lord only cares for us, the Lord only loves us when, like, we're behaving, when we got a nice report card. But Jesus, again, is very clear. He gives that image of the shepherd. He said, what shepherd would not leave the 99 and go in search of the one? You've heard me say this before, but it bears repeating again. It's anyone listening to that in first century Judaism would have been like a dumb shepherd would do that. Because when he gets back, he's going to have the one sheep that he went get. And the 99 are going to be lost and scattered. And so Jesus is using this exaggeration to say, this is his heart. This is the heart of the good shepherd, that he pursues us even as we run, even as we sin. He is constantly seeking us, the great love that he has. But one who is not a shepherd, one who is a hired man, as he says, right, does not lay down his life, has no concern for the sheep, and the concern is for themselves. Now, where does the Lord want to shepherd us? Is another important question for us to ask. Sometimes I think we have in mind that for the Lord to be our shepherd means like I won't suffer. That he's just going to give me comfort all the days 
of, that I live, not true. <laughs> he's really clear. Jesus is really clear. He speaks his words. One of the, he says, like, how do we follow him? My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. And so he says to us, like, that he is our shepherd, and he lays down his life for us. But he also says clearly, you will have trouble in the world. Like, you will have difficulty in your life. So when we are experiencing difficulty in our life and it, and it seems as like a surprise to us, like, gosh, I'm, I'm giving my life over to the Lord. I'm living, I'm a person of faith, I'm praying, like, and these difficulties are arising, like, what's going on? Like, it's not a surprise to Jesus. He knows. And he says, take courage. You'll have trouble, but I have overcome the world. And so even Psalm 23, when he's speaking about the Lord being our shepherd, it says when we pass through the valley of the shadow of death, right? When we pass through difficulty and suffering, the Lord is present with his rod and his staff that do give comfort. But not a comfort that is, that is void of all suffering. It is the comfort of our God being with us even in the midst of difficulty. That we're not alone in the suffering. And this pastoring us this shepherding us is ultimately to get us to heaven and it's not about complete comfort in this life but it's about total fulfillment in heaven that's where the lord is shepherding us and we constantly have to remind ourselves of that that this world is good and this world is beautiful but it is not heaven and it is not our eternal home and so our eyes need to be on the Lord and our eyes need to be directed to heaven because when a question comes before us, will I choose the good even if it cost me suffering? Am I going to say yes? Because there are lots of people who come as false shepherds and they want to offer us comfort. And they want to say, look, if you just follow this path, then, then you won't have difficulty. Then you won't suffer. Then everything will be okay, which is not actually true. But it's what the proposal is. But it, what it means oftentimes is a rejection of the truth and a rejection of the voice of Jesus. And of all sin and disobedience. But it's so alluring to us, right? It's so alluring because lots of times what happens is that when, when those who want to lead us astray, and sometimes knowingly and sometimes unknowingly, it is easy to, to, to see the deception when it's really clear. Like, oh my gosh, that's like so different. Like I'll, I'll say... Um, you know, an obvious example from recent culture, right? I'm, I'm sure none of you were tempted to go buy Satan shoes, you know, when they showed up on the market. None of you were like, oh my gosh, I've been waiting that my whole life. Like, thank you. Right? It's like this obvious, clear thing like, yep, we're, we're, we're not going to go down that road. When there's something that is mostly good or has a lot of good qualities, but there's some key fundamental things that are wrong, some key fundamental things that are leading us away from the truth, that's when it's difficult. That's when it's hard. Because it presents itself as an actual good, but it's not completely good. Now, 
we give you this example. One of our, our missionaries was recently giving a talk and talking about how she busted a counterfeit ring, like counterfeit money, you know, like not on purpose, but kind of on accident, right? So she's working at this bar at a, um, a water park. And so around money all the time, and somebody comes up and they're just buying like a Sprite and some chips or whatever, and they hand her a counterfeit money. But she's like paying attention and not, and she, she notices like, God, this looks like money, but something doesn't look completely right. So she calls her manager and is like, hey, I'm not 100% sure, but something doesn't look completely right about this bill. Gives it to the manager. Manager calls the police, and then they bust these folks who had like this huge counterfeit ring. <laughs> like, big deal. How come no one else noticed before? How did she notice? I think two reasons. One which other people were doing as well too, she was constantly around the real thing, looking at real money, the true money, all the time. That's what she was very familiar with. So when something that looked a lot like real money but was just a little bit off, she noticed it because she was so familiar with the real thing. If the lady would have showed up with like Monopoly money, it would be clear like, hey, nice joke, all right? You can have the Sprite for free, like what's going on, you know? But it was something that looked almost real, but there was something that was off. And so there was this recognition of the truth because she was constantly imbued with it. But then also a paying attention because it could have just been going mindlessly and like grabbing it and stuck it in the cash register and not paying attention. So it's important for us is that we are imbued with the truth. The truth of who God is, the truth of who we are, what it means to live as men and women in God's image and likeness, what it means to be authentically uh, in communion with Christ. Because there's lots of presentations of a counterfeit vision of being who we are meant to be. Many of it is true. Now, what's important too is when we notice something a little bit off, and right now there's lots of, of, of confusion and competing visions, particularly around human sexuality. And there's a lot out there, and it's a big thing. We won't go into the details now, but right there, lots of like pushing and pushing, just this vision and different visions of what it means to be men and women created in God's image and likeness and to be in relationship with each other. Now, there are aspects of a number of these visions that are actually, that are true. And so we need to acknowledge what is true. Like, hey, if 80% of what you're saying is true, I want to say yes to that 80%. Because what there's a tendency to do right now is like, oh, if I see 10% wrong, then I just villainize and demonize all of who you are, which just further creates division and then which doesn't allow the person to be open to our presentation of the truth. So we have to acknowledge what is good in the presentation that is there, but then also be very clear about what is not good, particularly if it's one of the fundamental things about who we are, because it can definitely lead us astray. So we acknowledge the good, we acknowledge what is not good, but we also say, I will not follow. And it will cost us something. And that relationship, it may cost us something else. Say, I will not follow, because I am familiar with the voice of the good shepherd. 
So as we leave here today in this Mass, we're coming to be fed by the Most Holy Eucharist. But I want again, again, to encourage all of us to pray and to study the truth. We have this amazing um, resource on our website, forum.org, with so many talks and so many free books. And there's so much great Catholic material out there about who we are as men and women created in God's image and likeness. Because if we're not imbued with the truth, then we'll be, easily, we'll be easily fooled by the counterfeit. Because so much of it looks good, but it's not fundamentally good. And so we need, um, again, to, to study and study the truth. When the, this missionary had told that story about finding the, uh, busting the counterfeit ring, I remember being told in seminary that a similar story that FBI agents who focus on looking for counterfeit money, for the large portion of the beginning of their training, they don't show them a single counterfeit bill. They show them the real thing over and over and over and over all day long, real money, real money, real money, real money, real money. So the same thing that happened to, to a missionary, that when they see, right, they see something's off just a little bit then they know, then they know, because they know the truth. We're being flooded for the world's vision of who we are, but we need to be flooded with Christ's vision of who we are, because he wants to lead us to eternal life. He is the good shepherd who lays down his life for us, To follow him will mean at times that we will experience suffering, but ultimately it leads us to real freedom and eternal life. I'm the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. A hired man who's not a shepherd and whose sheep are not his own sees a wolf coming, leaves the sheep and runs away, and the wolf catches and scatters them. This is because he he works for pay and has no concern for the sheep. But a good shepherd lays down his life as Christ has laid down his life for us. Let us follow him into eternal life. Thank you for listening. The ministry here at Christ the King is made possible through our generous donors and golden givers. If you would like to learn more or partner with Christ the King on LSU's campus, please visit ctklsu.org.